Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the Mashpia of the Light Revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Okay, but Ezra Sashem, we're continuing with our series of Shirim of Recovery in the Parsha, the Torah of Recovery, and really illuminating the light of the Balatanya, whose yard said it is today, tonight where he tells us that we have to live with the times. We have to live with the times in the sense that we have to look at the narrative of the Torah as a historical narrative that extends from the beginning of time and took place in the time and the place that it took place. But at the very same moment, and as significant, is the inner personal narrative that is taking shape in each and every moment, so that the wisdom, the timeless wisdom of the Torah, has the capacity to illuminate the timeless practice of recovery in a way that can speak specifically to us and our subjectivity in a way that it has never spoken to anybody before. The Balatanya tells us in Sefer Tanya that the mitzvah of the memory of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the mitzvah of the memory, the commandment, the call to recall the fact that we found ourselves in servitude, we found ourselves in a state of concealment, and not only did we find ourselves in a state of concealment, but that concealment brought with it suffering various forms of suffering, difficulty, stuckness, years of suffering, pain. And then ultimately that pain, that process, that exile is for the ultimate purpose of moving out of that exilic space and moving into redemption. That the story of exile is ultimately just the preparatory stage for the story of redemption. And just as we have to remember it on a collective global level on a yearly basis, We also have to remember it each and every moment, each and every day in our own lives, where it is quite literally the same process of descending into concealment, finding ourselves caught up in concealment, struggling with concealment, grappling with concealment, and then ultimately uncovering the gifts of concealment and leaving the concealment through the strength of the concealment itself to come to a place of redemption, clarity, openness, a moment of expansivity of the mind that allows me to move ever so slightly forward in my posture and my positioning in this world. Now, the descent into Mitzrayim can be understood in a psycho-spiritual lens of many different frameworks. There's the descent of wisdom, there's the descent of knowledge, the inability to pay attention, the busyness, the back and forth that takes a person away from where they're at, being occupied with all sorts of activities that are meaningless in their nature, which ultimately keep us caught up in the cyclical process of repetition, compulsion. But what I want to speak about today, just very briefly, is the exile of speech. That the way that the Mekubalim, the mystics, describe the nature of exile into Mitzrayim is the process of speech descending down into exile. Our capacity to express ourselves linguistically, verbally, undergoes a certain closeness. We were able to speak in Sefer Beratius, we were able to express ourselves in words, we were able to convey ourselves, and then comes along concealment of Mitzrayim, and there is a closing off of the ability to speak, a suffocation of speech. Now, speech is not simply an instrumental element where I am able to convey my inner world to the outside world for the sake of them understanding me and thereby being able to give me what I need. But rather, speech is the fundamental expression of what it means to be a human being. It is the mark, the stamp of intelligibility. 
of looking at things and naming them and applying limit to them and identifying things in their particularity and separating one moment from the next and not being caught up in the oceanic sense of everything happening at once, but rather to break down experience into bite-sized manageable pieces and moments. Speech is an act of constriction. By saying one word, I am naturally not saying every other word because I've chosen to say this word. It is an act of choice, a constrictive element that conceals the openness of experience and makes it practical, makes it something that I can identify, like a name that identifies something specific and that by calling out that name, I am orienting myself to that thing, which is why the Parsha, the book itself, is identified as names because the purpose of being a human being, the intelligibility of being human is to tame the chaos of existence. And the taming of the chaos of existence comes about by way of naming and applying proper names and, and giving a limitation to things, expressing my inner world in a way that the inside can traverse the delicate boundary of self and express itself externally. Without language or without direct language, what happens is that a person begins to feel a separation a separation or almost a closed off nature between their inner world and the outer world. Something happens, the bridge collapses and the bridge of language is no longer capable of allowing the smooth transition from inside towards the outside and from the outside towards inside. And what happens is that the self continues to rumble with the need of needing to express itself because that's a never ending nonstop pulsation at the heart of the self. It needs to express itself. But there is a gate, there is a wall that appears to emerge, the drawbridge that allowed me to traverse that boundary between myself and the world and allowing myself to feel less lonely and less isolated by way of connecting with others, that gets closed off and the self is constricted and stuck within the self. The attempt towards language doesn't stop, so one word, once it gets bounced back against the prevention of expression, so then more words grow, and the reboy and the multiplicity of verbiage and language kind of develops, and it creates a self of a sense of claustrophobia within the self, where I have so much to say, but I can't say it. There's nobody to listen. There's no capacity to express it. And in the breakdown of language, it is the breakdown, it's the beginning of the breakdown of a social fabric, a texture in where I can engage with another person by way of communication, through the bridge of communication, which connects one world to the other. And in the breakdown of communication, the self is caught up in its solitude, and solitude is the birthplace of loneliness, and loneliness and isolation is the birthplace of, of madness. That's where a person feels ultimately that I can't relate to the outside of the world. I'm different. My inner world is so specific and unique in its suffering and the closeness of it that I can't ever even begin to try and express myself to the other person in the hopes of finding relief. Chazal have understood what psychologists have understood afterwards, which is that the ultimate goal of any therapeutic encounter is the talking cure, the nafshi yatsa bediburai, the osios that become entrenched and engraved within my soul prior to expression, find new expression, new orientation, new tzirufim, new formulations and connections of those letters to express myself in a new way. Each moment gives me the ability to express my inside towards the outside in a new particular way of how I want to choose to be seen in the world, heard in the world, expressed in the world, how I want to impose myself on reality for the sake of elevating it, of utilizing the essential strength of what it means to be a human being, which is identified as ruach memala, the capacity towards speech, the capacity towards utilizing language to tame the chaos and the overwhelming buzzing nature of reality prior to intelligibility and categorization that comes with language. And so this death of language cuts the self off from the outside and the self grows claustrophobic and the craving grows. And there is an intense pressure that builds up, a sense of I have what to say, but I can't share it. I have what to say, but I can't share it. And all of the words that I'm saying 
are never capturing the exact word that I want to say. There's a reboy of language and the loss of language when language undergoes exile. It's not a mutedness. It's not a silence. It's not a death of speech, but rather it's speech losing its essentiality that I can say everything in the world there is to say, yet I will never be able to say the one thing that I'm actually trying to say because what is lost in the exile of language is the hyper-essentiality of one word to be able to break through and penetrate against all of the preventions and the secret of one must attune their ears to the words that emerge out of their mouths or as the Baal Shem Tov says, attaching conscious awareness and attention to the verbal expression of words, which is the deepest secret of a person's capacity in this world, to allow speech to be infused with hyper-significance. In the death of language, in the exile of language, speech stutters and it begins to be useless and it's expressed in a useless utterance of a way and it becomes a Lashon Hara, it becomes a, a, a speaking without talking or a talking without speaking rather. And it's a saying that doesn't contain a secret of what it's actually trying to say. Diction, diction, our capacity to convey ourselves, the sum total of our linguistic reservoir as expressed in the dictionary. This expresses, this represents how I convey myself as a human being to another person, to the outside place of myself, that place that I so desperately want to connect with. When a person places an A in front of something, it can be read as the negation of that thing. That a positive, it's the absence of positive, it's not positive. So addiction is capable of being read as the negation of diction, the death of language, the addict or the addicted spirit or the soul as it descends down into the exile of Mitzrayim, into that indentured servitude, into that nature of addictus, that sense of being given over to a power greater than myself, but a, not a power greater than myself that can save me, but a power greater than myself, i.e. the substance or the behavior or the object or the idea that only brings me down that kvedus of Mitzrayim, that kvedus that Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid of, that kvedus hapeh, that inability to speak. And in the death of language, one will uncover any tool possible to give them an inner language. And whatever substance or behavior creates a splitness within the self so that the self can relate to itself a little bit more to create a supplement or, or even a stand-in or a virtual form of relationship. So then the self is going to be driven to that. The drug, the substance, it gives, it gives words to the individual's mind when a person feels that language has died. And the Eitzah, the direct path out of the addictive tendency of speechlessness, of the inability to convey ourselves, is to open up our, our mouths. That open up your mouth and allow your words to illuminate the world. Speak, because even if there's nobody to listen, even if your mind itself can't listen, the words themselves must come out. Chazal say, based on this Pasuk and Mishle, that when there's worry in the heart of man, they should speak it out with another. One statement means speak it out with a sin, and one statement reads the word speak it out as suppress it, push it aside, give it a space away from the attention of the mind. And both are inherently connected because by speaking something out, I allow myself to have those words, those osios that were nechkak, that were engraved upon my bones and the rep repetition cycle of the trauma of speechlessness and the death of language and the inability to share and the inability to convey and the feeling of shame that swallows up all speech, all of those traumatic elements of loss of speech, of the bad descent down into exile by speaking it out through personal conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through speaking to our higher power, by telling our story. The secret of redemption is narrative, is being able to give a mouth, give words to our experience. This is Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The entire experience of the exile out of Egypt is really only there to teach us the secret of telling the story of the exile out of Egypt, because when one looks at the narrative of the Torah, most of the events are seen as a context that will enable us to encounter the true 
commandment, which is to remember the events that are happening. But how could the event itself, the experience itself, be for the purpose of allowing for the memory of the event? The event is obviously more significant than the memory of the event. But over here, by the descent into Mitzrayim, it's yes, Mitzrayim, it seems that the memory of the event actually contains more of a spiritual import than the event itself, as if the event is simply something that needed to happen so that I can remember it. Rather, the typical nature of memory, which is, oh, that event happened, that was the most important thing. And memory is just the slight way that I can re retrieve it and reconnect to it, because I'll take that if I can't connect to the real thing. But by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, by exile, memory and narration is the essential vehicle, that it's the entire purpose of all of this is so that the generations should know the power of Sipur Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the narrative structure of telling our stories, expressing ourselves, beginning to tell our tales, that every ounce of my life, every experience of my life is part of a narrative, an unfolding story that is rooted in an ancient place prior to narration. And I am the narrator. I am the one who gives speech to my experience. And when I redeem speech, when I realize that I may have lost the essential word, but I have gained the ability to realize that any word I say can be chosen to see, be seen as essential, as significant. I own the power to tell my story. In this process of recovery, when one looks at the big book, what you find is that it starts with Bill's story. It starts with the ability to give over one's own personal narrative as one understands themselves in the conjecture of their own heart and the relationship to their higher power. That private language that emerges out of the ashes of a fallen collective language when I lost hope in language to develop my inner language and to bring the light of my inner language into my redevelopment of learning how to speak so that yes, I might not have the words to say, but at the heart of everything I'm saying, I know exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying one singular thing. I'm saying I want to connect to the goodness in my experience. I want to affirm reality. I want to see the good. And seeing the good is speaking about the good, identifying the good, telling the story as if the good is the only thing that exists, not denying or ignoring the negative, but rather allowing the negative to be a secondary part of the story that is simply there to elevate and and bring into deeper focus the goodness of the story. This is the secret of Shamos. This is the secret of giving names to things, of taming the chaos of reality in its loss of language or the inability of language to capture the essence and to own the loss of language and to still speak and to create our own narrative and to write our own prayers and to speak to God in our own personal language. This is the process of the redemption. This is the process of finding our words, of the freedom to tell our stories, of ki'ilu that each person has to see themselves each and every day as if we're descending down into exile and elevating ourselves out of exile. And the only way to understand that is by telling ourselves that story. Nobody else is listening. Nobody else cares. Each and every person is struggling to tell themselves their own story. And in life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us friends and family and connectivities where our stories overlap and we make room for another story. But ultimately, each and every person's story is their own. The world is created that each person is a world and each person has a book, which is reality, the facts of our lives, and each person has a seep or a narration or an interpretation of reading that book. And yes, we all are operating from the same book and the same text, but there are infinite gradations of how to understand the narrative. And each person's narrative is MS, as long as it is moving us forward towards the desired goal that we would like to identify for ourselves, then I have chosen to speak this way. This is the secret of David HaMelech. David HaMelech is the secret of redemption within exile because he has the ability to utilize language and to elevate every ounce of experience into a 
speech act of taking the experience and turning it into a tefillah, which is the secret of Tehillim, which Rabbi Nachman says is the ultimate goal of each and every person, to live their own Tehillim, to live our own experience where life is what it is, the ups and the downs, the descent and the ascent, but the power that we have is to give words to it. Gives us a mouth. There's desolation in the land. Don't read it as desolation, rather, shamos, because the transformation out of desolation into orientation of order and, and functionality is giving names to things, is giving language. And Be'ezer Sashem. We should have the strength to own our narratives, to recreate our narratives, to tell our stories, to tell our stories to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and through the telling of our stories, through the orientation towards the goodness that is inherent in every ounce of the story, retroactively, from the very beginning, from before the beginning, like we learned the secret of Yosef HaTzadik, the real Peter HaChalomos, the real storyteller. The storyteller makes a choice, soon you will not hear his voice, his job is to shed light and not the master, giving over the insight of language, giving shape to experience. We learn this from Yosef HaTzadik, and as we descend down into Mitzrayim, we have to remember our own koach, to be our own interpreters with our own language. And it's true because we said it's true. It's true because it works towards the narrative growth that we would like to lead ourselves to. And this is the secret of the ki'ilu yatsame Mitzrayim, as if I'm leaving exile by recreating my narrative over and over. A thousand times a day, I pick myself up ever so slightly from the hopelessness of stuckness towards the hope of emerging out of it. Be'ezra Sashem. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nasanian. And our music is by Zushio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev. Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org, or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.